87 minutes of very competitive play, we have a tie. In the event of a tie, we move into a sudden death round. Each team is given the opportunity to choose their opponent. North Shore, who do you select? The girl, dude. The girl. Contestant Kraft. From Marymount, Ms. Carolyn Kraft. We pick the girl, too. And from North Shore, Ms. Caddy Heron. It's Katie. Oh my god, that's me. Miss Carolyn Kraft seriously needed to pluck her eyebrows. Her outfit looked like it was picked out by a blind Sunday school teacher. And she had some 99 cent lip gloss on her snaggle tooth. And that's when I realized making fun of Carolyn Kraft wouldn't stop her from beating me in this contest. Contestants? find the limit of this equation. Calling somebody else fat won't make you any skinnier. Calling someone stupid doesn't make you any smarter. And ruining Regina George's life definitely didn't make me any happier. All you can do in life is try to solve the problem in front of you. The limit is negative one. Oh crap, I lost. Good evening, good morning, and just welcome to another episode of Early Childhood Perspectives. Amazingly, we have hit number 20. Um, I apologize for last week, but, um, you know, I, I want to release these fortnightly, but I just wasn't comfortable with releasing this early. I thought it wasn't up to standard. And, um, you know, when I hit those kind of 10 years, you know, I had to rub, sorry, 10 years, 10 episodes um, every 10 episodes, I like to do something a bit different, kind of take away from the formula. Um, and so this episode, we're doing something a bit different. Um, I'm going to include three interviews. I'm going to include my best mate, my mum, and my wife. And my reason and my rationale for that is last week we looked at advocating for early education on very much a ground level. One thing I've, one thing I've been thinking of, and when I'm recording this, it's literally come a week after um, Big Steps has organized um, strikes and all this other business. So it's coming off a week where it's actually been pretty crazy. I've been watching the project and watching social media and TV and even newspaper talk about the need for early education and the need, well, the need for better equality and better wages for those who work in early education. So it's just, I guess the point of this is really to just interview through people I care about and ask what, how can we make it meaningful for you? And how do we make people advocate, support, rally for quality education? early education. Now, I talked last podcast kind of about how, you know, we're in a difficult spot because people, their children grow up and they don't have that need. So I kind of wanted to look at with this, with this interview, how, with these interviews, sorry, how we can make people care about early education. So I got three people, their unbiased approach, got them just to speak honestly about it. And, you know, I'm very honest with this podcast. I do it more as a reflection of my journey rather than as I know what's going on. And I'll be honest, I don't know how to make people advocate for us. I don't know how to make it an issue that's important. I think Australia as a society 
and remember I've got no evidence for this it's just my opinion uh, imagery of children and the representation of children is very mixed I don't know if we always put children first um, yeah so I, I, I feel like we're kind of again coming up where we're going up this hill where we're going up this kind of difficult approach to making others care um, I don't know how what my intention is, I actually want to, you know, as I said, this is my journey. I'm considering joining a union and I'm hoping, and this might not happen, but I'm hoping to talk to some unions and we look at my journey of joining a union and how these actually work and what's the point of them and what's the, do they help us advocate? Is it better to be part of a big organization to help us advocate or is it better to be by yourself? And, you know, I guess we kind of already know the answer to that, but I still think it would be interesting to look at that. So over the next few weeks or even maybe next episode, that's kind of the big thing is looking at big steps and looking at how, how we can actually really look at advocating within a union and advocating within an organization. Um, so I'm going to take us away to our interviews now. Afterwards, we're going to have news. And as usual, thanks so much for listening. I've never done this before with you. I'm really nervous. <laughs> Maybe you should be nervous. All right. <laughs> um, so I thought it'd be really cool to ask something we've been exploring is advocating for early childhood education. Yep. And I feel like one of the most vocal groups in our society are the mid twenties to early thirties age group, which I believe you are part of. Is that correct? No, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We shouldn't joke. Um, <laughs> So I just want to, so how can we get your age bracket involved in early? Well, first off, what is early education to you? Being completely honest. To, to be as, nice a, as a rank outsider, it would be people under five to. No, that's good. That's what I want. Like yeah. completely, you have yeah, no yeah. children. So like, what does it mean to you? Yeah, is it yeah, important? Does it even five. register? Is it? No, I wouldn't say it actually registers on my radar. I, I think it's probably something that is important, but until I have kids, it wouldn't be it important to me. Important. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How can we get someone your age group involved in? Like, so we've been doing advocacy. How can we get you to advocate for us? How can we get you to share a link? How can we get you to share a petition? How can we get you to promote teachers' wages? Like, how can we make it important to you? Or is it not possible? Until you have kids yourself. Well, I think it's difficult to have kids, but maybe make it relatable to what's going on in my life as well. I mean, maybe I'm just a bit self-centered myself, but I'm, I mean, right. if you relate it back to like my cousins, maybe, or actually my aunt teaches mm. TAFE early childhood. So someone yeah, you yeah, know, so it makes yeah. it actually. And yeah, okay. it actually affects them. And if, would it help, I know it sounds weird, but there's a lot of injustice and a lot of dodgy stuff that goes on in early education. Would that make you more sympathetic to it, hearing, actually hearing what goes on? Or do you feel like there's compassion overload where you just can't give anymore? Like there's so many issues. It's like, okay, now I have to worry about, you know, a lack of funding for additional needs, children, early education. I just can't give anymore. Well, I think there is definitely like a, like too much compassion, too many charities, too many things to worry about. You kind of just go a little bit numb to it. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, maybe you do need to do the emotional thing and make it connect with someone, but you need to be different from every other cause or um, issue that's out there trying to grab your attention every day. Um, so with these interviews, I'm really just getting um, three different perspectives on early childhood. So I've got Lachlan, who you know. Um, I'm going to get Lana, and now I'm getting you. And I guess the first question I have for you, so this is my mum. Um, this is Jackie. 
What is your opinion on early childhood? Well, coming from somebody who's um, a baby boomer, when I was starting kindergarten, we had no early childhood. So our first connection with other children and social interaction was actually going to school. And it was a very frightening experience. So with my own children, I made sure they did go to preschool at four years old. And I felt that socially they they learnt to interact with other children other than their siblings and to um, know what sharing is. And um, even though I did a learning process at home by reading books to them and simulating them, I felt that the environment I chose for the preschools, which I did go around and went to open days, they were selected on, um, they were my choice of selection, although waiting lists had to be taken into account. Um, with one of my children, I had to select a preschool that probably wasn't what I really wanted. But overall, I selected it so they could be socially interactive, stimulated to learn because I just feel like that knowledge just opens up um, avenues for you as you go on in life and that you need to be able to socially interact with people. Otherwise, you're never going to survive, you know, even in a working environment. One thing we're kind of be touching on is um, looking at how we can get people to advocate for us. So how can we get people who don't care about... Um, or the education to actually fight for us and you know and I, I mentioned previously about the project and the marching and all that stuff and we've, we've been discussing that do you find baby boomers are quite politically active or not or um, baby boomers were politically um, active when they're um, were younger unfortunately they got into um, as they've aged they've Although they will be more vocal, I think, with um, aged care um, options for themselves. But as I feel, um, as a nurse, it's been my occupation for a long time, that early childhood attracts a similar type of people where in a caring um, profession, otherwise we wouldn't join it because we don't join it for money and you don't join nursing for money, economic rewards. You join it because there's something inside of you that you want to give back. Um, I think it's just putting it out there, the importance of valuing, and I know they all value their children, but valuing the education. And it is difficult because nursing profession has had the same um, problems in convincing people that we earn what we're worth and that we should be paid accordingly. Now, nursing has improved over the years, but I think you just at the elementary stages and I think you just need to keep reminding them the value of um, this early, what you can do to um, their children and, and how they fit into society. So our final interview is actually my wife, Lana, and kind of the point of these interviews is to look at how can we get people who aren't connected to early education advocating or involved or really speaking on behalf of it. Um, as someone whose partner, husband works in early education, what does early education mean for you? Um, well, to be honest, um, we don't have any children at the moment. So before I met Will, uh, I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest. Like, I love children and I definitely think that their, their education is important. But 
Uh, it was only marrying Will and having him talk so passionately about uh, what exactly needs to be done with early education. It, it made me think, um, yeah, it, we need much more resources and um, time spent on perfecting early education and also the conditions for the workers. As someone who's outside of it, do you feel there's avenues that clearly articulate how you can advocate for it? No, definitely not. I think the only thing besides having Will, my husband, talk about it is um, there was a documentary on the news uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago talking about conditions and pays for uh, early education um, childhood workers. And it was only that avenue that I've actually seen um, outside that has actually been advocating for them. But the, the news article actually didn't really give any advice on how we as people can get involved in um, fighting for the rights and also for uh, the children's uh, education. Um, so no, I don't think so at all. You know, you don't have kids. Is this something, I spoke with Lachlan and asked the same question, as someone in that mid-20s to mid-30s bracket, is this something you would advocate for? Or do you feel like there's a million other things that require your attention? Look, there's always going to be lots of things that require, you know, our attention. Um, but, yeah, definitely I think early education is one of those things that is incredibly important and is affecting so many people, parents, children, and then early education workers. So I definitely think it, it's a, a priority area. Mm. And this final question, in terms of media and the representation of early childhood, what does childcare, preschool, what does it tell you about that industry? Like, does it tell you, oh, it's important for children or do you get more the plight of the workers or do you get more the plight of the parents? Who does it really focus on just as a layperson looking at it from the outside? I think my opinion will be biased though because of what you talked to me about mm. in terms of your work conditions and things like that. And obviously... I've only been exposed to um, childhood centres when I come to see you at work, but um, I think my perspective is biased in terms of your work conditions and um, lack of respect within the community about what you actually do and, you know, even reactions from my family and friends about Will's profession uh, is sometimes referred to in, um, you know, babysitting, which I find highly offensive. Um, but yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>